0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, May 28th. U.S. equity futures are trading up across the board. So you have the S&P futures up 16 points. That is about 40 basis points. The Dow futures are outperforming up 200 points. That is about 60 basis points. The Nasdaq futures are slightly underperforming, but still up 40 points. that is about 30 basis points. So 30 basis points on the Nasdaq, 40 basis points on the S&P, 60 basis points on the Dow. The major European indices are trading up about 45 to 50 basis points, mild underperformance in Europe in autos and basic resources, outperformance in financials, especially insurers in Europe. And the major Asian indices traded higher across the board, with the exception of mainland China, which suffered a mild decline um, you know, so for, as far as incremental news is concerned, this morning it's a very, very boring, um, very boring twelve hours of incremental headlines. You know, you have a lot of kind of lazy um, market summaries this morning. So stocks rally on positive U.S. economic data, which refers to the jobless claims from yesterday, um, and then stocks rally on um, you know infrastructure hopes as Biden unveils six trillion dollar budget. Again, those are two very, very lazy headlines to try to describe what's happening in markets today. Um, with regards to the budget. So Biden's budget is going to be formally unveiled today. You saw a lot of the details already in the press yesterday during trading. Um, In general, presidential budgets tend to be completely irrelevant. I think this one is especially irrelevant given that Biden's already conveyed his fiscal ambitions in the jobs and family plans. So there's really not much new with regards to spending or taxes. Again, the question comes down to what Congress is going to pass. So you know you have had a lot of back and forth this week on uh, infrastructure spending, including the GOP submitting its counterproposal yesterday for about 930 billion dollars. Um, you know that's still far short of what the White House is asking for. Especially if you look at some of the details, a lot of the Republican spending is repurposing existing stimulus funds. It's not necessarily incremental spending. So if you adjust for that, the gap between the two sides is even bigger. Um, you know, again, I think. This is still in the very early stages. It has a lot further to go. I've written a lot about it daily. I continue to think your end result is going to be something worth about 750 billion to $1 trillion. Again, this is over 10 years. So this is not all um, you know being being um, thrown at the market in one year. This would be over 10 years. Um, so that's seven seventy five billion to 100 billion per year, um, largely unfunded. So that means no major incremental tax hikes. Um, and that's kind of going to be it. I, I would suspect you're going to see the White House kind of, um, you know, the White House is yearning for some type of a bipartisan bill. So I suspect you will see them um, again adopt something around 750 to a trillion, um, and then and then claim that they will be, um, you know, embarking along on the rest of the agenda in in subsequent bills. But I think you're only going to get one shot. You're only going to get one big fiscal bill between now and the midterms. Um, and that's gonna be it. There just won't be the political capital left um, after this this initial one gets passed. So that's the infrastructure spending backdrop. Again, I think this is still in the very early stages. um and then with regards to all the budget headlines today, you know, I, I, I guess it's it's too much to ask for the market not to get excited about them, but again, this will not be very incremental. All the news details has already been out. I think the biggest macro issue for the market that was not fiscal, it's monetary. So you've had, um, you know, a chorus of Fed officials this week echoing the minutes from last week, suggesting that the Fed um, is clearly thinking about thinking about tapering and likely to embark on a formal conversation at coming meetings. Um, you know, the big question is if Powell were to deliver that message on the 16th, which is the next Fed meeting, the next press conference. Um, you know, how will markets absorb that information? I continue to think that the, so long as tapering does not arrive before November, which is very unlikely, markets should be fine. Um, but you could definitely see some indigestion around that announcement on the 16th. At, in general, you know, monetary policy globally um, is moving in a hawkish direction as some of the pandemic-era policies get dialed back. Um, you know that that process is occurring at an extraordinarily gradual pace, and policy is still very, very accommodative in aggregate on an absolute basis. But directionally, you know, you are now seeing a withdrawal of some of that stimulus. Um, nothing new on COVID. Um, you know, I think the big COVID. Headlines right now concern the Olympics in Japan, which look like they will proceed, even though there is a ton of opposition um, domestically in Japan to those Olympics. And then, um, you know, determining the exact origin of COVID. Um, I think as far as the U.S. is concerned, again, the, the market already is very much in a post-pandemic mindset. Um, you know, you hear you you read about various different reopening Developments on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, um, but a lot of that, the mark again, the market is kind of already in that post-pandemic mindset. Uh, you had a lot of earnings last night in the U.S. The Q1 numbers are spectacular across the board. So you had a bunch of retailers, Gap, guests, um, others, and then you've had uh, you had a lot of tech companies, including HP and Dell. The numbers were again very, very strong for the quarter. Um, you know, the guidance for the most part was increased. Um, Although there's definitely more caution on the guidance with in terms of management uh, teams, and then you know, I think investors in general are um, skeptical about the sustainability of a lot of the Q1 tailwinds. So specifically for retailers, you've had obviously stimulus checks get dropped in the quarter, and then you've had the reopening process. So as those two things abate, as stimulus checks get spent, as reopening ends, um, you know there's a lot of questions about how sustainable the Q1 upside is, which is why you're not seeing the stock reactions. Um, be commensurate with the magnitude of upside in the quarter. Um, no major um, company-specific news out of Europe this morning. Um, and that is essentially it in terms of headlines out overnight. The big catalyst for today will be the April PCE. So the print forecast is looking for a sharp acceleration of inflation versus um, March. I don't think this really is that surprising. Um, you know, I think the, my, the the consensus is that the PCE today is largely kind of quote-unquote de-risked. After we've had already hot CPI and already hot PPI, so this is kind of your third inflation number for the month of April. Um, you know, so again, I, a big upside reading. I don't think will be terribly um, disruptive to kind of the current conversation. Um, you know, Fed officials are very much insisting that it's transitory. You had Yellen yesterday um, echo that it's it. The inflation pressures are transitory. So we'll have to just see how this all unfolds over the coming months to see if it really is transitory. So. Again, I think a real hot PCE today um, shouldn't really be dramatically disruptive. If it were to undershoot dramatically, you know that could create, um, you know that could rally Treasuries and that could help rally growth stocks over cyclical. But um, you know, again, I don't think necessarily this is a, a crucial figure. Um, otherwise, there's really not much on the calendar. Although, again, you are going to get this Biden budget, so be prepared for a lot of headlines around spending and taxes. Um, quickly looking into next week. The big events are going to be the China PMIs that were out Monday. So US markets will be closed Monday, but those China PMIs hit Sunday night, Monday morning. You have the US manufacturing ISM on Tuesday. Obviously, the jobs report on Friday will be critical. That's the last jobs report before the Fed meeting on the 16th. You have a G7 finance ministers meeting on the 4th and the 5th in London. You could see a consensus come out of that meeting around this global minimum tax. Again, I've been writing about this. This is just kind of... um, you know, that This is just one step in that process of, of reaching a global consensus on the global minimum tax. So the G7 is a small subset of the G20, which is a small subset of the broader OECD. You have to get everyone on board um, and then have that get past Congress. Uh, you have more earnings next week. Um, Zoom media, uh, I'm sorry, ZM out Tuesday night. Um, and then you have Avago, uh, uh, Lululemon, and then a bunch of others as well as another busy week of sell side conferences. So that is everything for this morning, Friday, May 28th. Thank you for listening.